Hello and welcome to Essex by the Sea. I'm Owen Ward, exploring the Essex coast, finding out about all the amazing and interesting stories it has to offer. Each summer, thousands of people flock to the Essex coast, many either owning or hiring a beach hut. And Tendring Coastline in particular has many miles of small wooden huts, brightly coloured, possibly cheekily named and bursting with seaside paraphernalia. And here in Frinton, the seaside uh, beach huts are looking glorious as they stretch as far as the eye can see. Nancy Stevenson has written a book about life and stories in beach huts here in Essex. And Nancy joins me now. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. We've taken a little seat in a, in a little shelter overlooking the Greensward here in Frinton and the roofs of the beach huts as they stretch out before us. Uh, what made you write the book in the first place, Nancy? Well, I spent a lot of time walking up and down the beach here. I, I'm a very keen walker. And just, I don't have a beach hut, I don't have beach hut experiences. And every time you walk past, you look at the names. And I really wondered what people did in beach huts, what their experiences were. I sort of quite often was peeking in, but I really wanted to find out more, not about the names or the dates of, you know, the the, the history history, the dates history. I wanted to find out more of the living history, you know, how people enjoy a day at the beach. And I guess that is very varied. Similarly, in the way that they're painted in brightly colours, they've all got their own little characters, even though quite often they're quite standardised wooden structures a lot of people bring their own personality to their beach huts they most certainly do and and one of the questions i was asking people was about beach hut style and it goes from the you know we bought the beach hut and we completely reworked restyled took out the interior you know took the walls off took the it goes from that sort of complete rework to people who say well it's a hut and it has our beach stuff in it and we love it but we're going to paint it you know we're going to stain it red cedar because that's what dad did and um we've still got the beer crate that we had when we were kids which is the step in um and this is the way a hut should be used so such a diversity of different ideas about what what a hut should look like what it should contain whether it should be sort of a little palace full of um little vintage knickknacks and bunting and things like that or whether it's just facilitates a a good day on the beach some people will spend a lot of their lifetime in their beach almost a second home as it were others perhaps it'll be a fleeting visit perhaps once a year to the beach it's a, a place to shelter from the rain a place perhaps to as you say keep the beach towels whilst you go and have a paddle in the water maybe yeah I think the other thing is that for some people there's a year in a beach hut and so people told me about you know sort of in winter we come down and we're all wrapped up and we come and we have our coffee here and we walk the dogs and in spring for, for many people it's the time where you sort of like spruce up your hut so it's almost part of the ritual of having a hut you know, in order to have your long sunny days, you need to do the preparing it for your family and your friends who'll come in the summer. So it's part of that process of having a heart. Um, yeah, it's it's an exciting bit for many people. You know, doing the work at home might be a little bit boring and mundane, but, but people feel very differently about doing up their hearts. 
it's, I suppose, a, a way of life, isn't it? And, and if you're close enough to the coast, or perhaps travel a bit further, it's those times when perhaps memories are formed and uh, that perhaps go back generations you alluded to there as well. Everyone I interviewed, basically, I walked up to them and said, hello, can I talk to you about your heart? And sat down with people who would tell me about a day in the heart, but often then would talk about their childhood memories, maybe not in the same heart, um, but some people had had family huts since the 1940s. There was one lady I spoke to who had had a hut for many years. Her granddad had had it. The hut is called Bimbo, which I thought was slightly strange, but it's actually the nickname of her granddad. So I spent years walking past this hut thinking, that's a funny name for a hut, but actually it was the, the name of um, one of the acts, or I think one of the clowns on the pier at Walton and apparently her granddad looked like this clown and was called Bimbo uh, and that hut is still painted in approximately the same colours um, I mean I did interview people in Walton and Frinton because I have to say it's quite difficult to tell where one place starts and the other place ends so I've got stories from the two places which were great and and you know cheeky names up and down the coast as well I'd spent done three surveys of the whole lot looking for a pattern there is no pattern really um they are called hut comes up a lot as a word beach sea but beyond that i mean they really are personal explorations wordplay a whole range of things um sometimes family names woven into the name of a hut but yeah there isn't the most definitely isn't a sort of i don't know a, a standard way to name the heart it's so personal it's like that naming your child really they are also unique in their character, whether that's through the name, as you say, the, the, the paint colour, uh, the, the items that people might, might fill it with. Yet it is essentially a shed. <laughs> Indeed. But a very, perhaps one that is looked after more than perhaps it was at the bottom of your garden. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it is a shed. But then I guess when you think about it, people love their sheds as well, don't they? Mm. So, um... It's a, it's a very special shed. When I first asked it, several people said to me, oh, it's only a shed. But then they go on to tell me these stories about the memories that they had, you know, perhaps parents who, who had passed, a whole range of things that made you realise it really wasn't only a shed, it was so much more. Um, for several of them, they essentially were almost like time capsules. So I write about this in the book quite close to the end where... Someone says, I can walk into this space, and it's, it's a, a woman in her 60s, I can walk into this space and I'm transported to my childhood. And I was thinking about that, because I've got a, a vase of my grandma's. I can remember, in my, in my mind, I can remember what my grandparents' house looked like, but I can't imagine what would it feel to walk into a space from your childhood um, I'm quite envious now because I had never really thought about the possibilities of time travel in a beach hut. And that's fascinating, isn't it? And I don't know about you, I have no spaces like that. And it's just, I'd love to be able to walk into a space which took me back to childhood in a, in a very um, all-encompassing way. You know, there's Grandad's mug and there's some photos and... Here's a drawing that I did years and years ago, and here's some shells we collected on this day, and all of those things still sitting. Looking out over the beach here at Frinton, the golden sand stretching out, the tide is just uh, coming in. Glorious sunny weather in Frinton quite often. Um, 
not so much as we're recording this episode. But even so, it's it's it is an escape. You're looking out to sea, letting the day go by. There must have been some stories that you uncovered as part of your research for your book that were perhaps a little bit surprising. Well, I spoke to the the woman who married the boy from the beach hut next door. That was a lovely story. And it was a lovely story partly because of the way that it was told in that um, I'd been told about this lady. She wasn't someone I just bumped into, so we arranged to meet. And um, we sat in her hut to start this big story. And the weather was amazing. It It was September and it had been raining a lot and the sky had just cleared and the sky was absolutely sunny and the two of us i mean i'd gone to collect a story the two of us just sat and look at, looked at the, the sky for half an hour so this really big story about a wedding was completely eclipsed by the stuff that the you know nature was doing um but then she went on to tell me a really lovely story about you know a friendship childhood friendship which continued into adulthood and they're they're now married there was another lovely story with um, two sisters and um, a friend of their mum's, um, which was told in unison, and the three of them finished it one another's sentences. They were recalling the past. And again, it was, a, it was an everyday story. It was a story about, you know, the dads being there and the kids being there and birthdays and things like that. But they all finished one another's sentences and they kept on coming back to, like, several lines was a thing where they, the, the dads were farmers and they, oh, and they were there with their, you know, lying on, on, lying on the wall with their big farmer's bellies, you know, <laughs> drinking a glass of wine. And they kept on coming back to this and everything also resolved around cake. So it would be, and we did this and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And we had cake and, you know, I had cake when, I, when they <laughs> interviewed me. There was a lot of cake to be eaten. Um, so again, quite lovely stories, but often about little things, very small things, small everyday family things, which are not very spectacular. You know, they're just the, they're just the everyday, just the everyday. It is those everyday stories, but what you've described through your research, it's, it's been those memories. And in your book, I guess it's capturing those memories because... Once people move on, those memories are gone. So it's nice to be able to capture that in a almost a, a sort of historical context as to this is what beach life has been like in the UK for s- centuries. Yeah, and I, and I think, I mean, I, also I was quite lucky because I collected these stories in a very turbulent time. So I started collecting them in 2019 and they were stories about sort of the kids don't want to come here very much. Grandkids don't want to come here. They'd rather be in Spain. Um, and those stories change very rapidly to the, oh, we're so lucky to have this. This is a place where that we can meet as a family. This is a place that is, is meaningful to us. And it's a place that we'll keep for, forever. So I think, I think that, that that was an interesting thing. I think the other thing is that, okay... These are not my stories. I'm not a beach hut person. I, didn't, I don't have a childhood in a beach hut. But they're stories that resonate so strongly with me. Just those memories of childhood, of being with your parents, those stories that had so many things that people said. It was like, oh, oh, I can remember that in my childhood too. So I think they're stories about families and they're stories about the little things that we do that have meaning. And... 
okay, they're about beach hop people. They're about people, really. And I think, you know, I think quite often when we... I think quite often if we read about things, we read about the big stories, don't we? And, and actually, for most of us, our experience of the things that matter is about really small stuff. Beach huts are small. They contain small stuff. People have memories which might be construed to be small and mundane, but they are the fabric of life. So essentially a beach, beach hut is a sort of little receptacle of memories, um, it can be a meeting place, it's a place for family life to be enacted, it's a place to be away from the everyday, a place to sort of camp out, do the simple stuff. I think they, they are they're, they're such special, special spaces. Given all the work that you've done for your book then, would you be tempted to get a beach hut yourself? Well, one of the lucky things that I have now is that several people have lent me their beach huts. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was writing this up, I was offered a beach hut to write in and I did think, oh, I'm not sure if I could write in a beach hut. Um, I had one at the Whalings um, for one day, um, lovely um, Clive who runs French and Summer Theatre said I could borrow his hut for a day. Went down there, spent about maybe an hour looking at the sea and the sky thinking, I'm not going to be able to write here, this is too lovely. And then wrote, and I wrote till it was dusk basically. And then someone else um, who has some rentals um, called Ladybird Seascape she lent me a hut um, in November um, when I was doing some of the editing and the same thing this time I knew bring a hot water bottle but there were blankets there and I wrapped up and there was a massive storm going on outside and I watched the storm for about an hour and then I wrote and wrote and wrote so beach huts are also amazing places to to, to be on your own you mentioned about using beach huts as a, as a base to write and you looking out at the storm passing very similar to as we are in this shelter looking out it's blue sky again now <laughs> over Frinton um, how different 10 minutes can be um, but I suppose when you're tucked in a beach hut looking out it's kind of a window on a world yeah. that's just passing you by yeah and again so many people talked about that um, a number of people talk about actually when the weather is particularly bad choosing to go to their hut and to watch the storm because there is something about being tucked in the warm and you know here looking out over the sea and you've got such a massive horizon so you can see the storm coming in and you can see all the colors of it and you can see it reflecting off the sea you know you really do have the most wonderful view from a heart yeah i think there is a great deal of privilege around being able to go down in storms or occasionally when it snows you know you being able to come down in any weather and to really just enjoy the experience. Nancy, Beach Hut People is the title of your book. Where can people get a copy from? You can order it from most independent bookshops. Obviously, the independent bookshops here stock it. My publisher is called Eleanor. She's based at the Nose Bookshop, and Publishing Household is the name, um, and you can get it through them. But if you, it's not in your local bookshop, then order it, because your bookshop will be able to get it for you so it's yeah 10.99 bargain <laughs> um, and it's a nice it's a nice little book about people really you don't have to have a beach hut to be interested in what people do at the seaside um, <laughs> really absolutely not I'm sure it will bring a smile to your face when when reading it is the next book going to be themed on the coast the next book is a little bit more um I'm interested in the idea of people retreating and that started from the beach hut thing because a number of 
beach huts are called retreat and a number of people have talked about retreating to their beach huts. Um, I run writing retreats and I thought I, I'm interviewing people at the moment about different ideas around retreating, what that means. Retreating into nature, retreating by walking, retreating and gardening. So it might be coastal, it might, it's early days, lots of interviews at the moment. A number of people retreat to the coast, particularly this part of the coast as indeed, well. Indeed, indeed. So that's, and that's where it started from people saying, you know, when I asked them about their beach huts, it's my retreat, it's my sanctuary. So, um, yeah, starting off from that and exploring the idea more broadly, really. I look forward to that book coming out. But don't forget, Beach Hut People is available from all good bookshops. So uh, go and get your copy now. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for joining me here on Essex by the Sea. It's been lovely to meet you and the sun is back out. I know. Uh, Yes, typically it has rained for the last 10 minutes, but now the sun is out again. It's been a pleasure. Well, if you've been listening to this episode of Essex by the Sea whilst sitting in a beach hut, do check out the other episodes that are available. If you'd like to support the continued production as well, then information about how you can do that can be found on the Kofi page. A link can be found in the description. Also, if you've not yet followed Essex by the Sea on social media, then uh, do go like, follow and subscribe on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and also now on threads as well. So, till the next time, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>